Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to Jumps Podcast. I'm your host, Genesis Amaris Kemp, and with me today is Michelle Sweeney, and here's a bit about Michelle. She is the CEO of the Potty School, a potty training consultant, speaker, and teacher of in-person and online classes. She is the author of the Complete Guide to Potty Training Your Child, Expert Solutions for Any Mess, and the creator of an admin for the three support groups for potty training, 72,000 and elimination communication, 17,000, where she helps over 92,000 motivated families move toward the next step on their family's potty journey, ultimately toward potty independence. If you're interested in booking Michelle Sweeney as a speaker for your live events and summits, or as a podcast guest or guest blogger writer, complete the form below, which will be in our show notes. And without further ado, please welcome Michelle D. Sweeney. Genesis, thank you so much for having me here today as a guest. My pleasure. So Michelle, I want you to start off by telling us exactly what is the potty school and why did you create it? That is a very valid question. Most people that I meet have no idea what it is that I do or why I do it. There are a few people in the world willing or interested to voluntarily (laughs) potty train kids and talk about it and research it and try to become really good at it. So the potty school kind of originated a little organically when I was in Nicaragua. I met a mom who had about five kids. I can't remember five or six and two of them would have been potty training ages in the U.S. but only one of them had on one cloth diaper and it was raining and she's like oh me um pampers it's getting all wet in the hurricane I was like how does this woman do it so I learned about what I later found out was called elimination communication completely forgot about that entire experience when I had my first didn't sleep hard to feed all the things And by the time he got old enough to start walking, I was like, wait a minute, I want to get this kid out of diapers sooner rather than later. So that's how my journey started was actually through elimination communication. And then I realized potty training is kind of the need close by me. And so I shifted gears a little bit and started working with families on potty training. And then I've been really, really in the potty training world. So we also volunteer with an organization, um, And so have kids in our home that we've potty trained as well. Wow, that is super cool. And I cannot imagine what that mother was going through to have a cloth diaper on your child while it's raining. And then it sounded like it was her only one. So, oh my gosh, like just trying to think about that here. It was like, I'm seeing a lady holding a baby, rain coming, the wind is probably gushing. And then she's like, oh my gosh, um, and you mentioned elimination communication. So for those listening, as well as watching this segment, what exactly is elimination communication? Elimination communication is a fancy term for something that people have just done for generations. 
So people in countries that haven't had disposable diapers or didn't have the finances to afford disposable diapers and before they were invented for eons, basically it's a sound association um, trying to communicate with your child. So when they need to go, you take them. That's the basic idea is that you don't want pee and poo on the caregiver. So the baby can't walk at that point. So you need to pay attention to what their signals and their signs are, and then you take them to the socially appropriate place to relieve themselves. So in certain countries, it happens with a whistle. In other countries, it happens with a sound association you actually make yourself. You can do it visually with signs as well, but basically you're responding to the child's need to use the bathroom. Oh, that is super neat. So as you come up with this um, sound, do you come up with it in conjunction with your child so that way you're both on the same page? Or do you let your child guide you through that el elimination communication? So elimination communication is geared for zero to 17 months. So at that age, they're not quite developmentally ready to be inventing the sound with you you are having a sound. So the sounds that typically are used, at least in the United States, would be like a hand signal. This is for toilet. This is the sign in ASL, sign language for toilet. Yep, just like that. Um, and then it, you would say for pee or <clears throat> for poo. So those are your sound associations. Or again, you could whistle, you could sing a song, but it is the caregiver initiating what that sound is and associating it with either a bowel movement or urine. Thank you so much for bringing that into context because it definitely helps. And then whenever you think about the difference between cloth diapers and regular diapers, um, what are the pros and cons there? Because I know here um, in Western countries, more people prefer the regular diapers because you could just discard them, whereas the cloth, you actually have to take time to wash them and all of those things. And I know my mother, when I was growing up, she used cloth diapers for a little bit, but it was something that they did in the Caribbean. And then, you know, now with, you know, my nieces and nephews and me, I'm like, no, I don't want to be washing diapers. Yes, I know it's eco-friendly and sustainable, but if you have like a busy schedule, it's just probably not conducive. But I want to hear from your approach who you've worked with people on potty training and you've also had some experience in other areas. Yes. So just the phrasing of normal diapers versus cloth diapers shows me that you are probably from a certain country. So I could guess based on where how people phrase what disposable diapers are of where they're from. Because a lot of countries will actually think that cloth diapers are normal diapers and disposable diapers are sort of the strange thing that why would people do that? So it definitely depends on your context of society, of your, where you're currently living, of where like your family, like you're saying your mom in the Caribbean, where your kind of legacy is from. Um, that very much determines your viewpoint of what is normal for potty training. That said, I think people's choices for cloth versus e being more eco-friendly versus disposable, being not as eco-friendly, honestly, the most eco-friendly thing is to get your kid out of diapers. So the sooner you can do that, the less you have to have of a mental guilt trip if you're using disposables or pride if you're using um, cloth diapers, because really all of them are a lot more wasteful than a child being able to use the toilet. 
So if you can get in the mindset of, even if I can reduce one diaper a day and I can get one pee in first thing in the morning or one poo in once a day, your diaper usage goes down dramatically. And I wouldn't say it's a, an issue of cloth versus regular or disposable in that case. And thank you for helping me break it down there. And when you think about the formation of potty school from conception to where it is now, what are some of the obstacles and challenges you faced early on? Well, early on, I started this business because I was pregnant with my third and my second child had a lot of issues in utero. And when she was born, she wasn't supposed to be able to walk or talk, sit up, dancing, anything. They weren't even sure she would make it through birth. And she did, and she's doing phenomenally. But when I was pregnant with my third, I was so nervous that I was going to spend my whole pregnancy worrying about this child. I told my husband, I said, I need to concentrate on something that would help people. And so that's kind of how the potty school came about as an actual business versus just kind of a hobby to help individuals. I knew I could help more people in the business realm. So that's how it, the inception of it started was me wanting to be able to focus on something other than just myself. <laughs> nice. So definitely out of necessity, but then the the need for really helping other people. And it also seemed like it was a way for you to get your mind off of what was taking place and, you know, segue your energy onto something else that was going to help you as a mother and help your children, but also help other people who may be going through something similar. Right. So how long have you been doing this work? The potty school has been open since 2016. Oh, nice. And what's the most rewarding um, part of your day? And just dealing with the potty school, seeing how far your children come? I think for parents, the most rewarding part of potty training is when they get it and they get to see the light in the kids and they understand. And so from the perspective of being a consultant who's working with the parents, I don't see the kids always face-to-face because if I do a phone consultation or Zoom, the parent gets that joy of, oh my gosh, they did it and they're so proud of themselves. I could, right, I could do it, I can do this. So if they get that joy, but I get the joy realizing when the parents kind of mindset shifts from this is awful and it's this humongous task and I'm never going to get it done and it's torture and why do I have to do this? I've been pushing it off to the mindset of, this could actually be a bonding experience with my child. And this could be a way for me to test out different parenting styles. And I'm going to actually get to see my child be proud of themselves and do something. And for even parents that not everyone gets to see their kids first step, the timing's off and whatnot. Potty training is a more intensive, really focused time. So almost every parent who's involved in potty training will get a chance to see that at some point. And I love hearing the stories about their kid getting it for the first time especially when you get into the special needs world. That's a whole nother, just a whole nother level of being able to be proud of a kid for coming over a hurdle that some people thought never was possible for that child. That is amazing. And when you see other people light up and you see the progress that they're making, you really see how you taking this and making an imprint is really driving that impact. And it's so rewarding, I'm sure. 
But one thing I want to ask for someone who is a new mother or a new parent, I'll just say new parent in general, when would you recommend them start potty training or working on it with their child? That is definitely the number one question I get asked. So well done, Genesis. (laughs) It depends. That's the answer is it depends on your family, on your priorities, I firmly believe that kiddos can be potty trained from birth, but it's not technical potty training. It's the elimination communication and it's the sound effects and it's having a two-way street there. But most parents don't even think about getting their kid out of diapers when they're 15 months old. So technically my definition of potty training is 18 months to five years old. But I would say that I agree with Maria Montessori in this, that she kind of says that the, the sensitive window of learning is 12 to 18 months. So if you can start that pottying journey in that age, that's going to be the most rewarding experience, meaning you often don't have a child who's kicking and biting and screaming and yelling and deciding they don't want to do things because you asked them to use the bathroom. So it's a really kind of docile age where they're really excited to learn anything. They're eager learners. They're very receptive learners. And they're communicative to some degree, but not so much so that you're having an argument with a kiddo. (laughs) So it's a good age to start. It's not always the age people will finish at, but 12 to 18 months is my ideal of when people would start. Okay. And then the max age, um, you said per Maria Montessori would be five years old? Um, Per Maria Montessori, she would say that ideal time frame would be 12 to 18 months. I, I basically put Typical children, neurotypical children would potty train generally between um, 18 months to five years old. Before that, we'd call it elimination communication. After five years old, I would put that in the special needs category. So I work with special needs kids that are ages zero all the way through nine. And then past that, that would be, I would send out referrals for older children at that point. Okay. And then this is another question because I know whenever some kids start to go to daycares, If the parents are already working with them at home to be potty trained, but they're in a classroom where that um, teacher is not enforcing them to go to the bathroom, then have you seen children regress? Yes, at school, but not necessarily at home. So my advice for parents in that situation situation is to figure out how to get somebody on your side. There's always one worker at the daycare who thinks that waiting till a child's three and a half is not the right way. So you just got to find that one person. And if you legitimately can't find that one person and you're already on it at home, I would recommend switching places because at some point you don't want your child held back and they really do hold kids back because they're not potty trained when if you already have a potty trained child at home, might as well have them be potty trained everywhere. Absolutely. Because just um, from a mother perspective, if my child is potty trained at home, I would like it to be consistent because right. consistency is key. And then I also, you know, would like my child to be potty trained before they, they start elementary school because I don't want my child to be singled out because other kids are viewing him or her differently. Correct. That has been actually a major issue. And I have had so many clients in the last few years because of the pandemic, whether 
they didn't potty train at home at all during the pandemic. And that would have been an age that typically kids would have been potty trained or they started and stopped and started and stopped. Um, or they're just starting right when they go into school. I've had more consultations for TK and kindergartners this year than my entire business combined. So there is definitely a difference because a lot of schools won't let kids in kindergarten or even TK need their diapers being changed. And so all of a sudden they get moved into a special ed program because of diapering needs, which has nothing to do with their mental capabilities. And it's not necessarily a great fit and ideally kids would be potty trained, but there are so many situations that might have them there, let alone a pandemic that would get them to the point where they're still in diapers when they enter elementary school, but it's obviously not ideal like you were saying. Yes, and how do you think that the parents and the schools could engage in a conversation where it's a win-win for both sides? That's a great question. I think the setting of expectations is probably the most important thing. I think that a lot of parents react to the rules that they didn't know they had. So whether it's elementary school or it's a preschool, they say, I had no idea. I just got called out of work two days this week. I can't get called out of work because my child pooped their pants. Why are they doing this? And I say, oh, I did you get a, can you read me part of your child's preschool contract? What does it say about potty training? And they say, what? The preschool, what are you talking about? And there's always something in a preschool contract about potty training and kind of what the protocol is. So I think people having that expectation in mind and having a plan for it, because your child pooping their pants isn't the end of the world, but it might mean that instead of missing two days of work in a week, that you take off a three-day weekend and really focus on it. Mm, to zero in and just really get the ball going there so plan but execute yes and then rinse and repeat yes (laughs) like shampoo so um I know elimination communication is one tool that you use what about other external tools like I know nowadays they have the different potties that sing they have the other potties and etc what are some other tools that you may recommend to new parents that just need a extra boost of support so the basic things that I say if you're really trying to make it minimal bare bones is you need a kid to potty train you need a support person who has some idea what they're doing and can be encouraging to you. And you need a proper receptacle, so a place for them to go. So for elimination communication, a top hat potty is the way to go. There aren't really other things on the market at this point. Baby potty, there's one. Um, I love Baby Bjorn. I am not endorsed by them, but their products are stable. They last for years. They're safe. They haven't had many issues with safety at all. Um, they have non-stick on the bottom of them and any of the miniature toilets that are on the ground that have an insert that comes out is really helpful and just for cleanliness sake. And then there's also the option of a seat reducer that you put on top of the toilet. So you don't need both. You could pick one or the other, depends on your child's age. It depends on your child's location. Some people like to have the actual built-in seat reducer that's part of the toilet. So I have all of those things as recommendations and reviews on my site, but those are your basic three options would be a mini potty on the ground, a seat reducer on the toilet, 
or um, a mini a seat reducer that's built into the actual toilet. Or of course, your child could use the actual adult-sized toilet as well. Yes. Oh, one thing I do want to add on. If you're using the actual adult-sized toilet, make sure you're there to hold your child up for support, just so there's no other bathroom accidents that oh, occur. Yep. And then I want to talk about the difference between a little girl being potty trained and a little boy, because it is different, especially with the little boy teaching them how to aim and et cetera. So I want you to give tips and tricks for a little girl versus a little boy. Yes, there is different anatomy. So that is something to keep in mind. As a as a general rule, I tend to have boys and girls both sit on the toilet when they are learning to go to the bathroom. So boys can sit forward. Boys and girls both can turn backwards on the big toilet if they have obviously a parent there. But that way they kind of see what's going on, where it's going, if they're making it. For boys, there's all kinds of gimmicks you can use, right? People will put Cheerios into the toilet to aim at them. You can buy little targets that change color if you hit pee on them that you put as a sticker into the toilet for girls and boys. You can put blue food coloring in the toilet or use one of those Clorox cleaners in the actual toilet water. And then when you pee, it turns green. So that's exciting. And you can tell there's all kinds of gimmicks you can do. But the main idea of the whole thing is not any of these one offs. It's just the goal is to get pee and poo in the toilet. So you often get to parents that have so many gimmicks in mind. They're like, oh, my kid's in a pull-up and doesn't want to take it off. I'll cut a hole in it. There might be a famous actress who made this a thing. It's not helpful. The point is getting the pee and poo in the toilet without a diaper. So there are things you can try, right? Um, for girls and boys alike, there are certain children who are more likely to get up and run. So if you've got a runner, you might want to think about having a seat reducer on the big toilet versus putting them on a mini potty. But as far as who's easier and who's harder, I would say that's a complete toss up. It often depends more on your kiddo's personality than anything else. The only real anatomical um, change in the pottying situation is that men's bathrooms offer urinals. And so that's a different ball game, especially I would say for maybe single moms who aren't taking their kids into the actual public restroom that their kid might have no idea. But if your child is a little boy, you're probably not sending him in there on his own. Yes. And thank you so much for breaking it down. I learned a new thing because I had no idea that you could put them um, um, backwards on the toilet so they could actually see and understand where it's going and et cetera. So that's a good um tip and trick there. And Michelle, as we begin to wind down, I want you to leave the listeners as well as the viewers with a call to action for this segment. I am super grateful to be here again. Thank you. And I have the run the site, thepottyschool.com, and you can get all your information there about consultations, phone or Zoom, and even in-person consultations or our online membership site, Diapers to Flush. And are you um, on social media? Yes, Facebook and Instagram. Both of them are facebook.com slash the potty school or instagram.com slash the potty school. Amazing. And then do you do any like video snippets or any like 
live demonstration without using the kids because of course proprietary and you can't really put that there but like any um videos that are kind of like guides that parents could check out on your social media there are some on my facebook website but most of them i have cut down and i have put into the membership site so that's broken down it has five stages you kind of plug yourself in wherever you're at and keep moving on from there through milestones and there's checklists and there's do-it-yourself videos and there's question and answers um, and live opportunities to ask questions of myself as well okay cool beans and now for the last minute before we shut down we're gonna play a fun game rapid fire get to know michelle swaney are you ready okay i guess <laughs> number one favorite color turquoise number two favorite vacation Ooh, Colorado. Number three, favorite food? Lasagna. My grandma's. Ooh, okay. <laughs> he was from Italy. Ooh, so it's authentic then. Very authentic, yes. <laughs> Takes all day. <laughs> Number four, if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? To be a really good listener. Because sometimes I think I could improve in that. Number five, favorite movie? Newsies. Definitely Newsies. by far. What is that about? I've never heard about that It's one. about these boys who are selling newspapers in New York. And you got the big dogs, Pulitzer and Hearst, who are trying to take advantage of the little guy. And I, I stand up for the little guy. Ooh. <laughs> Number six, favorite book? the bible oh okay other than that i read so many books i'm not really attached to anyone okay <laughs> number seven dream car Ooh, man i feel like i would pawn that off on my husband because he would have a better choice than i would something that i don't have to worry about ever breaking down is really the most important to me <laughs> that all the kids can fit into reliability y'all she wants reliability yes, and sustainability yes. <laughs> i'm very boring like that hey what is your go-to self-care that's a great question i would say going for a jog at the back bay by us so just fresh air something in nature and then actually every year on my birthday i spend at least a couple hours with a journal reviewing my year thinking about what I want this year and then thinking about what I want in the future. And I call it my birthday journal and I have that all set up from year to year. I have my questions and it's ready to go. That is super cool. And you're being intentional too, because you're planning. <laughs> and then nine favorite dessert. Oh, creme brulee. That's an easy one. Awesome. And then 10. Okay. Do you want to pass or play? I'll play. Okay, so play is you can ask me any question you wanted to ask during this segment. <laughs> what kind of gel do you use in your hair? So I use either the Eco Styler gel or this jam gel, which it's like the natural honey um, gel and it comes in an orange container. Okay, the reason I ask you is because we had a kiddo who had braids and they were so cute. And the mom was saying like, Michelle, you gotta get on the gel. Like you have no idea how to use it. And I was like, well, you gotta give me brand names. She's like, oh, it's just any old gel. And everyone I use, this kiddo stayed with us for a month. 
anyone I used, she was like, no, that's not the right kind of hairstyle. So I need to learn. But <laughs> at some point, <laughs> Your hair looks beautiful. That's really why I'm asking. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, and I try to use gels that do not have any alcohol in it because that dries your hair dries out. Yeah. yeah, and it makes it flaky. And then, of course, like whenever I go to like Sally's, like um, this is not a plug for Sally's. I don't get paid from them. But Sally's, if you buy a product there and it doesn't work, they'll let you take the product back and they'll give you your a full refund. But make sure, of course, the product is halfway or three-fourths full or right. you could exchange it for something else. Nice. Super cool. Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for being here. Listeners and viewers, you, you just heard Michelle Sweeney with The Potty School. All of her contact information will be in the show notes. Make sure you connect with her and get your kid potty tray so you could save lots of dollars by not spending um, money thousands. on pampers. We'll yes. <laughs> and um, until we chat next time, peace love, and lots of blessings. Don't forget to subscribe and share this segment. We're on 40 plus platforms and follow us on YouTube at Gems with the Genesis Amaris Kemp. Until we chat next time, ciao. Thank you for listening to another segment of Gems Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P at gmail.com where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcast.